Am I in, sort of in completely in the dark? Do you want to just put that spotlight on, Richard? That'd be great. Um, not that I want to be in the spotlight, really, but this might be helpful for you to be able to see me. So some of you who've been at St. Stephen's before will know that I have a burning desire every year. And my burning desire is to find the worst possible Christmas cracker jokes. Okay? So let's see if I've surpassed myself this year. So there's a couple of old ones. So some of you might know the answers to these. So what athlete is warmest in winter? Anyone? What athlete is warmest in winter? A long jumper. Very good. Very good. You've got the level now, yeah? Okay, so uh, what do you call a line of men waiting for a haircut? A barbecue. They're going to get worse, sorry. Um, What's a dog's favorite cowl? Bark the held angel sing. Okay, now listen. This is my worst one, okay? What goes oh, oh, oh? Santa going backwards. Thank you, Liza. Brilliant. Okay, well, um, oh, we don't need that one up yet, just yet. If we could have the um, previous one, that'd be great. You're stealing my thunder here, Roger. So um, on our um, Christmas postcards this year, we had this, oh, what hope. And I want us to think about hope um, and what that is. And amazing, though, there was an article published in the British Medical Journal recently that said hope can be a powerful medical tool. And in this research, it showed that there's a difference between optimism and hope. Apparently, optimism is when you just think, yeah, things are going to be great. So in the hospital terms, that might be, I'm an optimist, I'm going to get better. But a hopeful person, the difference is, is they, yes, they, they think they're going to get better, but they know that they have to plan and they have to cooperate and they have to be proactive in their own healing and uh, that getting better, that they have to make choices, they have to have plans and make, uh, be intentional about getting better, you know, making sure that they take their treatment, all that sort of stuff. So an example was given of a person, an optimistic person with asthma would expect that they would have fewer uh, attacks, but they wouldn't carry their inhaler because they're just an optimist. Whereas a hopeful person would still aim to have less asthma attacks, but still make sure their inhaler was available if they required it. So... In other words, to be a hopeful person, you don't just rely on wishful thinking. You don't just hope for the best, but you practically engage with life and uh, situations by being intentional and persistent. Now, I bet you didn't think you were going to come to a counsellor and hear about research from the British Medical Journal, did you? So what on earth has this got to do with Christmas? Well, I think most of us want to live a filled life, don't we? We want to live a life that has purpose, a life that has meaning. And I would say that in order to have a life that has purpose, a life that has meaning, then it needs to be a hope-filled life. And Jesus actually talked about that he came, he came as that tiny baby, he came that we might live life and we might live it in all its fullness. We might live life in full technicolor. Uh, using all of our gifts and abilities and skills and experiences and everything else, using that, those things, and giving them to God so that we can live life to its fullness. And that, for me, is really hopeful. He came to give the human race hope. 
And he had a goal and he had a plan to achieve that. His goal was that we would be reconciled with God. You know, God made us. God loves each one of us. And just like those of us who are parents, long to be in a good relationship with our children. We long to know their love and for them to know our love. That's exactly what God wants for us. He loves us so, so much more than we could ever know. And he's longing for us to respond to that love. And when we respond to that love, and when we say, Lord, I want to uh, follow you, I want to do the things that you call me to do, I want to have purpose in my life by following you, then we can have a life in all of its fullness. A bit like uh, we, in that video we just saw, that actually God wants us to be in harmony with him, to actually be in the situation where we are doing the things that he calls us to do, doing the things that he made us to do. He is God with us, Emmanuel, and he has a big vision for our life. He has a bigger vision for us than we can ever know. And the starting point is that we are loved, we are significant, and that God has a purpose for each one of us. Our lives really do matter. Earlier on, we heard read from John's gospel, all things came into being through him, and without him, not one thing came into being. Without him, not one thing came into being. This God that we worship is the creator of the whole universe. And yet, he loves every single one of us as individuals. And he has a purpose for that. I don't know about you, but that sort of slightly blows my mind. It actually makes me feel quite small and insignificant. But yet, God says that in him, we are significant because we have a purpose We are called to partner in the family business, if you like, in God's business of bringing reconciliation to this world. Because I don't know about you, we only have to turn on the news, don't we? And we know that this is a broken world. This world needs hope. So are you going to join me in being a hope bearer, a bringer of hope? Because I believe that if we cooperate with God, if we turn to him, if we follow him, then he can help us, he can give us the strength to do that, to be bearers of hope. We are significant because we are loved and created by God. I came across a story about the Italian violinist Niccolo Paganini. We had him here this evening. Um, (laughs) And he was thought by many to have been history's greatest violinist. And there's a story um, about he was playing one on. By the way, he was a bit of a rock star of his time. He was a sort of, you know, for those of us old enough, it was a bit like Beatlemania. For the younger ones, it was a bit like Justin Bieber. And I don't know who the even younger ones are thinking about right now. Um, but he was like, he was that. He was, he, all of that was going on for him. And he was playing one evening. And he was playing a, a, a piece before a packed audience. And it was brilliant. It was sounding amazing. And then one of the strings on his violin broke. But he just carried on. Just carried on. You can manage that. And then another string broke. And he carried on playing this amazing classical piece with just two strings. And then, he would not believe it, another string broke. And he carried on playing this complex piece on one string. I don't know quite if that's possible, David, but apparently he did. Um, and then he got a standing ovation because it was just brilliant. And then he still had an encore to play. So he said, Paganini and one string. And then he performed his encore piece just on the one string. And it was absolutely amazing. So 
Paganini was playing this violin, but it was a flawed violin. But yet, in the hands of this master violinist, it could still make beautiful music. And you know what? You and me are like a flawed instrument. And yet, God can use each one of us to do something beautiful in this world. You know, what is our vision? What is our purpose in life? You know, if we listen to our culture around us, and particularly this time of year, our purpose in life is to make as much money as we can and then spend it all on stuff. Now, there's nothing wrong with earning money. Work is good. There's nothing wrong with spending money and giving gifts. It's fantastic. But do you sometimes feel that we're in a bit of a sort of a treadmill of like consuming and earning and seeing that our significance is simply about what we can consume and what we can produce? We need that. Of course we do. But what is our higher purpose? What is our higher hope? What is our higher vision for our lives? Because our identity in God is not about what we produce or what we consume. It's about being a loved child of God. Now, you had a little sneak of this picture earlier. Um, So, like many of you, we went to Hindhead this year and we chopped down a tree. And um, you can't really see it from there, actually. It's not a very good picture, but it's massive. Um, that tree is basically as wide as it is tall. It didn't, it didn't look very big when we chopped it down. <laughs> but like a lot of you, we've got a star on the top. And of course, or an angel sometimes people have on the top of a tree. And when we think about a star or an angel, we think about all those amazing things that happen in some of the readings we've already been hearing. We think of that strange announcement to Mary that she was going to have a baby, this young, unmarried woman. Or the angels appearing to these shepherds who were basically, you know, the lowest of the low. And the angels appeared to them. Um, And then, of course, the wise men followed the star. They all heard God's message and they all... We're obedient to it. And the thing is, we are bombarded with messages day after day after day, aren't we? Through social media, through the TV, um, through our family and friends and all that sort of stuff. And these messages uh, are are not always helpful. So we can hear messages that we're not good enough, we're not rich enough, we're not clever enough, we're not attractive enough. Um, we don't have enough holidays if we're on Facebook. Everyone, there's people who seem to be on holiday all the time. Or maybe on Facebook, you don't have enough cats. I don't know. Um, but we need to listen to a def- different message. And the message that God sends us and reminds us of at Christmas is Jesus. Jesus is the message. Jesus, God with us. God who didn't just sort of stay up in his you know, lofty grandeur, as it were, But he came to earth. God knows what it is to be human. He identifies completely and utterly with us as human beings. I mean, isn't that amazing? That God identifies with us, that God became one of us, is one of us. I came across this quote. Christmas is not as much about opening our presence as opening our hearts. What about us this Christmas? What are we opening our hearts to? What messages are we allowing to fill our hearts? Is it a message of hope? What is our vision for our life? What is our purpose? One of the things we've been thinking about here in St. Stephen's, or we have done a few months ago, we're thinking about what is our life vision? We have a vision as a church about being people of hospitality, about embracing and loving families and that sort of thing. We want to be a hospitable church, and it is so good to see all of you here. But God, more importantly, wants you to be hospitable to him. 
to receive him into your life. And I can guarantee that when you do that, he will give you purpose and joy. And it won't, everything won't be easy because we have those flawed violins. We'll, we get broken and things happen. But actually God can give us purpose. So just as I come to an end, I want to think about some job descriptions that God might give you about your purpose. So have a look. At, there's a lot up there. Uh, and I could have had a lot more. But just read through those and see if them, any of them resonate with you. It's not comprehensive. But do any of those resonate with you? I'll read some of those out because the choir can't see the screens. So some of us are called to be ambassadors of reconciliation. We're called to be peacemakers. Some of us are called to be agents of hope. Some of us are called to be bringers of light into dark places. Some of us are called to be witnesses to the good news of Jesus. Some of us are called to be teachers, and that can be in all shapes and forms. Some of us are called to care for those in need, whether it be the young or the elderly, or those who um, have special needs or whatever it might be. Some of us are called to be bringers of kindness and mercy. Some of us are called to be administrators. That's a godly thing, to bring order out of chaos. We certainly need those. Some of us are called to be servant leaders or managers. Some of us are called to be healers, um, you know, in the medical profession or wherever that might be. Some of us are called to be prophets, speaking truth uh, to power. Some of us are called to be seekers of justice. Some of us are called to be carers of creation, caring for the environment. Some of us are called to be explorers, whether that be in science or art or new thinking in mathematics, whatever it might be. Others are called to be nurturers of people in faith. And then some of us are called to bring joy and beauty through the arts, whether that be music or uh, all sorts of artistic endeavours. This all flows from being loved by a creator God who longs for us to use our gifts and our abilities, our experiences, and he longs to make beautiful music with what we can bring because he is the master musician and he can take a flawed instrument with broken strings and he can create something beautiful. He can set us free from our guilt and our shame and those things that hold us back. He can help us, however imperfect we are, to be people who are hope bringers into this world. So what are you going to do this Christmas? What's, what's your response to this, this, this baby who is God? This baby who challenges all our preconceptions about power and might and majesty. Born in a stable, a stinky one at that. So are we going to follow him? Are we going to give ourselves to him? That might involve sacrifice. It might involve cost. But I can honestly tell you that when you trust in God, when you choose to follow him, then he gives you purpose. He gives you a vision for your life that is so much bigger than the vision and the purpose that our culture brings us. So I don't know about you, but I want to be part of the picture that God is painting. God is painting a picture of hope and reconciliation in this world. And he invites you to be part of that. He wants you to be part of that picture of bringing restoration, healing, forgiveness, justice, love, mercy, hope. Let's just be still for a moment. Lord, would you show us what our job description is tonight? Would you show us that we have a purpose, that we have hope, 
And Lord, would you use us, flawed and broken as we are, to be bringers of hope in this world. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.